0: Hey, welcome back to Pigeonhole Hockey. This is Chris and today's co-host Steve. Hey, how's it going, hockey fans? And you know us—we're just a couple goalies that have taken one too many pucks to the head, and do not claim to be hockey experts, but simply overzealous hockey fans that love to play, watch, read, and talk about hockey. And listeners, you're not hearing this incorrectly. Back from the dead, Steve. <laughs> welcome back, Steve.
1: <laughs> Back from the depths, the frozen ice. (laughs) I don't know. Were you trying to
0: dig yourself out of the shit that's happening in Arizona right now?
1: (laughs) Uh, We just won't even go into that conversation because it'll be a totally different podcast. But uh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Nobody wants to talk about the college team this cycle. So let's go for it. (laughs) Well, we we will comment later about the the 5,000-seat arena. But more pressing (laughs) today, there actually was a blockbuster trade in the NHL.
0: Really, we we live for these man we seriously live for these and when it happened i kind of i woke up and for me it had only happened a few hours earlier compared to those of you on the east coast and everything i looked and i just kind of head tilted and went
1: well there's one clear winner i think yeah um so looking at the trade after it's done right that's the key well two key points to this florida is now all in like They're 100% all in. They've given up so many draft picks over the next six years, all their first rounders. It's amazing. And just to recap this so everybody sees this, okay? So for Matthew Kachuk, and this is off of somebody else's tweet, in 20 games of Claude Giroux and Ben Sherrod, the Florida Panthers have traded Huberto, (laughs) Weger, Owen Tippett, first round picks in 23, 24, 25, their third round pick in 24, and two prospects. Wrap your head around that. (laughs) That's
0: I I, when when you sent me that because I'd already was stunned by that trade, but when you put all of that in one, I'm like, it's all in, but all in in a I don't know how to put it a unintelligent way. Um, Yeah. For what, just, just, for what they've gotten back, man, it just doesn't make sense. Uh, no, it, really it doesn't. Isn't.
1: Like, like, look, is Kachuk going to sell jerseys and drive, you know, some, uh, you know, uh, drive some more people that the hockey market? Sure, but you're depleting your team down the road. So, if they win a cup, good for them, right? So, it, it, well, that's common. the goal. If, that, if they did all this without
0: winning a cup, then it's just. You know, then it's just a joke, really.
1: Yeah, so that's they—they they have to win in the next two years. No hands up, and butts about it. They have to win. Now, watching their performance last playoff, right? So the thing about NHL hockey, which is always extraordinary, is really the regular season does not really matter that much because when you hit the playoffs, the style of hockey dramatically changes, and the running gun system that the Panthers were running—it it, it was gone. Like they—they they were decimated in that you know, in the, and against the Tampa Bay lightning. So kind of sit back and you scratch your head, right? Going, okay, you, you were on an offensive juggernaut and it dried up. So I get the move about bringing Maurice in because the problem was they had zero system. Like there was no system whatsoever. It was just fly by the seat of your pants, drive down the ice and outscore the opponent. Right. So it'll be interesting this year if Maurice can flip the switch and turn them around a little bit. But um, this trade, um, the only part that sort of makes a little bit of sense for what they gave up is that Huberto and Weger are both UFAs in one year. Now, Calgary really wins this trade if they're able to sign those guys long term. But still, who's not going to give up some decent picks or a prospect or a player for Huberto or Weger? If it comes crunch time, then they're not in a playoff spot, right? Yeah. So overall, like, Calgary crushed this. And what's interesting, because their GM went on, uh, you know, was on, um, you know, uh, made a comment about how Calgary's been taking, you know, getting gut punches lately. And he was pissed about this, you know, about everybody crapping on him. So I don't really think they thought Johnny Goudreau was going to leave. I really don't think they they knew it was going to happen. And I don't blame him either. Right? It's... You can't trade him because he's having an amazing season. And they look like they could get a cup. Oh, yeah, they
0: were uh, definitely they were definitely on our lists. I mean, with the way they played all season and then when he got into the
1: playoffs, I'm like, this team's going for it. And then, well, we saw how that ended. Yeah. And and, it's the Oilers, right? So it's you know back when I would say about uh, and I'll still say it. If you get a healthy carry price, the Habs are already in it. When you have McDavid on your team or Sidney Crosby. You're always in it. You're always in it. You always have a chance. So they ran into the Oilers, and the Oilers did what the Oilers did, and they weren't that short. And what's amazing is that the Oilers had better goaltending. It would have been a different story. And that's not crapping on Mike Smith. He's one of the oldest goalies in the league, and he played pretty well. Just – the Colorado Avalanche or the Avalanche. <laughs> right? And we've been talking about it for seasons, and it finally
0: happened. For all of you that got to listen to uh, our episode with co-host Michelle, her Colorado Avalanche won the Stanley Cup, and she couldn't have been any more excited like any of us would have been had our teams won a Cup. I just want my team back in the playoffs, but that's a conversation for another day.
1: <laughs> well, the, the, your your friend Michelle, um, I was rooting for the Avalanche because of Arturi Lekanen, Class act hockey player, one of those underrated ones that nobody really expected. And he brings that defensive component to the game. But he's always there for clutch goals. Two Mm. years in a row, he got the conference winning goal and then he got the Stanley Cup winning goal. Kid knows where to be, when to be, right? And the thing is, who would have called that, right? So in Montreal, he did it for them two seasons ago, you know, just so happy because he's such a great guy. Like I've talked to, I've had the pleasure of meeting him about five or six times. Great, great guy. Very humble, really nice and really plays well for his teammates, right? He's that type of person. And just, again, two clutch goals, you know, to help drive his team over the edge of this um, While well, going back to the playoffs, though, that was probably the most exciting playoffs I've watched in a long time. Like, that was fun to watch. Um, just, I did not expect the Tampa Bay Lightning to push all the way to the finals. I didn't see it happening. Um, two years ago, I predicted the Avalanche to win. Uh, they're just so, with, with McCarr back there now, <laughs> they're just so tough to beat. He's incredible. Oh, just. You know, so they they talk about, I always hate these greatest of all time things, right? Because it's, you know, it's, it's it's about the area you played in. But McCarr's taking that position to a whole other level again, right? Yeah. So yeah. just phenomenal. And the the thing that the Avalanche didn't have this time around was goaltending. Darcy Kemper just wasn't there. He, uh, had, like, I even called it in the, in the final game when they won. That that I know it was a surprise goal coming around the net, but it was it was again between his legs. Like he was letting a lot of ones along the ice in. He just wasn't dialed in. Now, don't necessarily blame him. I'm not too difficult on him because after taking a stick to the eye, I don't know where I would be coming back in. You know, at that high level of play after having to take a couple of weeks off, right? But yeah, that's tough. Now, what do you think about the goaltending tandem going forward for the Avalanche? I like it.
0: Um, now. That is like, to be honest, they kept Frank Koo, right? Yep.
1: Frank Koo okay, yeah. and Georgiev. Then
0: it, yeah, then Georgiev and Frank Koo. I think if I'm Frank Koo, I'm sorry. Thank you, Avalanche. I've got my cup. I want to be a starter somewhere. Frank Koo, I'm I'm sorry. He's ready to be a starter. And he proved it this playoffs. He's then he's literally the guy that carries a team when the other goalie gets injured. And he's done that for how many seasons now? Uh, He should be a starting
1: goaltender somewhere. Um, I think he's, I, were, were you not intrigued by the fact that they did not put him in after Kemper struggled? I don't, yeah, I was, I think, I think
0: he earned the net at that point. And I mean, again, no knock against Kemper. He's an amazing goalie, but he got you to the Stanley cup finals. He got you mm-hmm. there. Yep. You ride the goalie that got you there. I, it, it's, it's an unfortunate scenario, but we as goalies, both you and I are goalies. We understand that if me and you are sharing net, man and you're the starter and you've been the starter all season and you got us through the first round and then in game two of the second round, you go down and I carried the team into the Stanley cup finals. That's my, that's my net. That is my net. I'm sorry. I earned that role. That is my net. I had been pulled out of the net when I earned it because I wasn't the starter. And then we don't end up succeeding. And I'm sitting there going, I'm hot right now. I'm hot and he's Mm -hmm. not. And you ride the hot goaltender. And they won the Cup. So at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter. They won the Cup. But had they lost that Cup, we'd be having a very, very different conversation. Well,
1: and you may not see a coach locked in for the next season, right? Yeah. And you might not see Sakik
0: being bumped up. To, you know, so mm-hmm. I just think it was the wrong move, but it still worked out for the avalanche. And I'm very happy that Kemper is finally, after all these seasons, getting his payday with the Washington Capitals. Very excited to see him in the Capitals jersey. Um,
1: and but- I think, by, by the way, Chris, on that is, and I'll make this call, right? So now I get the crap on the Leafs a little bit. Um, oh, oh, I'll jump on that one with you, but go ahead. <laughs> so Samsonov, no confidence. I don't have confidence in him. I
0: do, I do. But
1: Total But the opposite. Capitals' defense, in my opinion is a better defense of system than what the Leafs had. So I think with Darcy Kemper, after watching him play in Arizona for so long, the the one thing the Coyotes were very good at was defensive zone play. That's the one thing they were strong at. And that's why Camper shown, right? All he had to do was really be big for the first, maybe second rebound. They were there to take away the second scoring opportunities. So I think he'll do really well in Washington. That's just my humble opinion on that. Um, now, I want your take on because you watch Samson enough more than me. Yep. Um, your take on him with the Leafs?
0: He's taken that starting job. Yeah. Uh, Matt Murray. Again, I know he's gone through a lot. We, for all of you listeners, you know Sebastian and I talked about this on the lot on the last podcast. Is he's a diehard Senators fan that got to watch all of that unfold the season with Matt Murray, and he's had a rough season, not just physically but mentally. Um, Again, all the best wishes to him, but we are judging these players based off of NHL talent. Steve and I, Sebastian, none of us are good enough to even be sniffing at the National Hockey League. So we're critiquing guys that get paid millions of dollars to be in the National Hockey League. And I'm sorry, at this point, Matt Murray is not keeping... I think he's going to start... I will say he starts with the starting job, unless he has a, a atrocious camp, which I don't think he will, because he's in his hometown. Like, that just drives something new into your blood. He's in mm-hmm. his hometown. His, the team he grew up you know, worshiping. We all have that team and now he's playing for his. I think he's going to start with a starting job, but I think by American Thanksgiving, Samsonov has the net. Samsonov is an underrated goalie. He had his struggles recently with the Capitals, but he's an underrated goalie and I think he needed a change of scenery. I honestly believe he needed to change of scenery. I think there was, considering some elements of the team, I think that Samsonov needed a change and I think the Maple Leafs are a good change for him and I think he's going to take the net and I think I'm going to say it I think Toronto has got its goalie they've been they've been looking for a goalie for a long time and I think Samsonov is their goalie um y'all can call me out on, on it a bit in 2 or 3 years or whatever it is I think Samsonov is the Maple Leafs future in that they've needed it they've got it and it's the same thing with Colorado. They've had issues with net, with the fluctuation in net. Gorgiev and Shesterkin were fighting for that job. And Shesterkin just had one of the most incredible seasons oh, in NHL. Oh, fun. my God. Right.
1: <laughs> like, Unbelievable. And fun. I like this swagger at the end of the games, okay? So yeah, same. Like, he'd go up to fans that were booing him and, you know, do stuff. And to me, I love that because during the it. game he was focused and he took a number, right? love it <laughs> he yep. recognized that person that was ripping on them all game and went over and said something when he got the when he got the w right yeah and in the end they re- they reminded me the rangers of the winnipeg jets when they made it to the conference finals they just ran out of gas like there was just nothing left yeah in the
0: tank. yeah that was rough to watch yeah i picked they, them to win the stanley cup so
1: they were looking rough. great but then was, that that first game you're like holy cow this is they're going they're they're looking amazing and then just it, they ran out of steam right that's all it came down to is they they just did not have it to go forward now hopefully that gives them motivation for next year but uh now going into this one super quick the east is pretty damn scary going into this season oh it's going to be exciting. senators Tell me that Sebastian is not walking around with Sherwood right now (laughs) because I looked at that like every time they did something, it was like, holy cow, Sebastian, check this out. And it's like they suddenly don't have something holding them back. Yeah. Well, that's, you know, I kind of laughed and you know what? I'm not, I'm not trying to sound like a jerk, but it was the Melnick was holding them back. He was. And, you know, rest in peace. But he
0: was the problem with the franchise. Now they've the got US a new country.
1: arena deal back open, right? Yep. And their team. Like It's easy to make fun of teams Exciting. like that. Like It's the same thing with the Coyotes, which we'll get to that awesome topic after. But they were stockpiling the Senators, stockpiling, making some really good little trades to tweak their team, giving their young guys a chance. They would sell off pieces at time. You're like, why are they doing that? You know, because uh, Paul, he was one that I went, oh, that's that big body power forward. You don't want to lose them. But now I look at their team this year going, they can surprise everybody and, and, and steal a playoff spot. And, um, and seriously, look, look at this. Like, how are we not already discussed this portion with
0: Kachuk being traded? The Kachuk brothers are in the same division, man. This is going to be good. Oh,
1: it's going be, to be fun watching them battle it out more, right? Yeah. Uh, but another one, those Detroit Red Wings. Oh, my God. Uh, Iserman is a genius unbelievable I must have dirt on everybody in the league because these tra- these <laughs> traits he makes because i just look at it going how the hell is he the one pulling these ones all the time right he, he gets Incredible. the one you're like oh you underpaid again to get somebody yeah and who so man like man oh i know but to, so going uh, back to the Leafs though right like sorry to crap on it like you're you're going with samsonov i'm like uh, we'll see right i want to yeah. see how he performs because i'll be able to watch him a little bit more this year um But, you know, uh, but how were they not going after some of these other goalies? That like who? So like that was that that was that would have been my number one target. I don't get it. I would have stayed with Campbell over going for Murray. I don't get it. It, I just don't get it.
0: Campbell was
1: steady, right? So if you wanted your second goalie, then go get Samsona, then go get, you know, yeah, Matt Murray. Get one of those two at that point. Like, cause, because in my p- opinion, if you had Campbell, who you already know you have, was good in the locker room with the guys, right? Yep. You bring in a Matt Murray and you say you're going to be you can challenge for the number one spot, take the pressure off of him though, right? Just take yeah. that pressure off of him. And you may see him perform. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Toronto and goaltending just is is a mind... You uh, know, it's a, it doesn't make sense. how they
0: With, with the guys they could have got, I think, again, I think Samsonov is the answer for the Leafs. I think he's underrated, uh, absolutely incredible. Um, And I think he's going to prove a lot. And I I hope I'm wrong because I don't want to see the Leafs succeed. I really – I hope I'm wrong, really. (laughs) At the end of the season, I'm like, man, I'm so glad I was wrong. I hope that happens because there's nothing that brings more enjoyment to me at this point than watching the Leafs fail. Um, I'm, I'm really hoping they make the playoffs again next year and bounce in the first round because I'm, I'm self, you know, salivating at the prospect of just seeing them crash and burn again, because it's become so routine, uh, because it's the only thing that brings me joy as a Sabres fan that hasn't seen the playoffs since who was the president. Uh, last time the Sabres made the playoffs was it Clinton? <laughs> I don't know.
1: I think it's it might better than too- the president yeah. that when the last won the last one won the cup, right? Oh, yeah. Was it JFK Ooh,
0: It might have been JFK <laughs>
1: <laughs> but so the thing about the Leafs okay so what going into this playoffs because my Habs had a injury COVID decimated season right oh and that towards the emotions. end getting Martin St. Louis and watching them rev up and watching the energy return was great for me but I just went into the season going oh this one's going to be interesting I, I yeah. didn't expect them to do very well and they lived up to those expectations but so the Leafs I wasn't crapping on them so much right but going into this playoff again, with this, you know, when they in the first round, you know, just right away again, I went, they don't have enough grit. They're not, they're not going to do it. They don't have enough grit. They're going to get, they're going to get grinded down. Uh, the, the one thing that's amazing to me is Austin Matthews is a big boy. He's big.
0: Yeah. And.
1: I don't understand why he's not bringing that edgy element to his game. Now, I do know, like, remember his shoulder injuries early on, so maybe that's yeah. part of it, right? Maybe that's something that's still in his head, but he could be a, an amazing power forward with his size, right?
0: Yeah, I think he needs to spend less time hanging out with the beebs and more time in the gym, um, you know, honusing, honusing that strength. and hold it. He's a big boy.
1: Yeah. You're right. He's a great guy. You look at him out there. He's a great big boy, the best release in the NHL. Um, but playoff time, where'd he go again, right? Yeah. They all disappeared again. Um, and what's interesting is Spezza was the guy that always showed up, and now he's, you know, front office job no longer with the team, and he's gone. So, uh, and then, like, that that's a team. Like, Leaf fans, I'll leave it alone. Um because I talked to some reasonable ones online, they're they're saying the same thing as me. It's like I don't understand a lot of the moves they made this year. Really don't. I don't get uh, it. Um, but hey, uh, and then the other thing is over asking prices, right? Um, I like Nylander, very talented forward, but another guy too that does not like those corners. No, he. Here's the thing, like what I don't understand at least could,
0: again, I'm not an NHL GM, but I think I'm smarter than half of them because if you look at seriously you look at the lease and the way they're built and i started seeing and i love steve dangle but i'm dude when they started talking about oh kachuk's gonna come to the lease i'm like you don't need a kachuk you don't need a kachuk you need a goalie you You need need a (laughs) so? yeah you You need need. a goalie like trade nylander stop dreaming whatever you guys are doing stop dreaming trade nylander get a deal with Gibson coming up there. Or at that point when Marc-Andre Fleury was still uh, like available, I'm like, you guys need a goalie. The thing holding you back is goaltending and you're, you're letting Campbell walk. And I get it. I personally wouldn't have resigned Campbell for what he got signed for. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he's not in my opinion at this point, not worth that sort of money, but you know, get paid. Um, I would have gone after someone like Gibson because you know that Honestly, based off the conversations I've had on this podcast over the last month, the Ducks sound like they might be willing to retain some of Gibson's salary, which I disagree with. But if it works out for the Ducks, it works out for the Ducks because they can move, finagle some of that. Go after a Gibson. Why? Why go after Murray and then back him up, so to speak, with Samsonov? Because I think that's how they're looking at it right now. Go after the guy who's proven Gibson is a proven goalie, and he's not. He's not going to stay in Anaheim. He's ready to win. He's ready to win now. And sorry to our Ducks friends, but um, he's not staying
1: in Anaheim. And I don't know, yeah, man. He, I just don't he think may, he may be one that ends up going. Like, when you have the talent, like I know Gibson didn't have a great year last year, but he's still a hell of a goaltender. right? He's still
0: one of the best in the league. But when you he's have the a...
1: team in front of him, and that
0: a big part of his stats and everything else is the team in front of you. And the Ducks didn't have a great team in front
1: of Gibson this year. He's going to pick, Gibson's essentially, in my opinion, come trade deadline, he's going to pick the team he wants to go to. Yeah. And there's going to be a team that says, if we get Gibson in goal, because it's the one thing about a goalie, right? It's, it's sometimes when you throw an offensive star into a lineup at the trade deadline, they just don't mesh sometimes, right? Yeah. Um so that's why I'm a fan of trades earlier on, right? Like pull the trigger around Christmas, give them more time to work out those bugs and 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 get some, you know, get some mojo going with the, the line mates. But goalie's were a different breed, right? Yeah. Lock me in. Like the only thing you have to under, you know, get with is the defense, right? Them getting used to you playing the puck around the net and however you do that, it does take a little bit of time, but not as much as offense does, right? In yeah. my opinion. So, yeah, um he I think he's going to pick where he wants to go and he's going to get it right? If somebody really needs to get over the edge and the goaltending is what it is, they're going to pay for them. Uh, it could end up being Toronto for all we know, right? But they don't. It's so The next thing is asset management, right? Like, <laughs> what are you going to give up? Like, how much of your future are you going to mortgage going forward, right? So um, I, I'm lumping leaps and, and the Panthers into that. Like, y- you, you guys both have two years to win this, two years to win this, or else it's got to blow up. And it's time to hit that reset. And the thing is, if you let your star players get a little too old, Matthews will get whatever Matthews want if it's a trade. If he walks, watch out. Um, reverse Tavares going on there. But Tavares is losing his trade value. Um, I didn't crap on Nylander so much in that one play when he didn't go diving into the corner after the puck because I saw that on the other side Matthews was coming in. So I get what he did. But still, it's playoffs. You should probably go barreling in and put that pressure on, right? So when people when players when teams look at that they want that guy that's going to commit to blocking shots and doing everything. Like the easiest person to go back to again is Ovechkin. Capitals never get a cup if Ovechkin didn't buy in, started blocking shots, throwing a lot more hits and playing defense, right? When you guys won the cup, Ovechkin was the all-around player you needed him to be. Yep. And in this NHL, like the Tampa Bay Lightning were the perfect example of that. Stamkos was blocking shots. Um, I don't think so much Kucherov, but everybody else on that team was blocking shots left, right, and center. And that's what you need to do. Like, yeah. Get yourself beat up to get that cup. And that's what the, the commitment they need. And I don't see that in the Nylander. Or I think, um, if I'm not mistaken, Lee fans, you can chime in. I think Matthew started blocking some shots last year. But in the playoffs, you just got to block it. Like you, you do everything to, to win. So. It's, it's going to be an interesting season because I'm watching, like, the Leafs got a lot of points last year, you know, um, stealing it from everybody. They they were just running over teams, but started struggling in the second half of the season at times, right? Yeah. Detroit's going to steal points. Ottawa's going to steal points. Uh, there's, there's these little dark horse teams that are going to be a little bit tougher to battle. Montreal, if Carey Price stays healthy, they're going to be battling – you know, to steal points from players, uh, from teams, too. It's, uh, and in my opinion, I think the East is way stronger than the West. Isn't it funny? Like, what was it, say, about six or seven years ago, the West was just such a powerhouse and the East was, you know, struggling to keep up. And now it's kind of flipped, except for the Avalanche, of course. Um, you know, to me, it's just amazing the, the, the power that these Eastern Conference teams have. Uh, quick on this one, Chris, what do you think of the Boston Bruins going forward? Uh I think they're going to be
0: running into some troubles uh which is long overdue. Uh but I mean there are you know
1: talks about certain like is this Krechi actually come back? Is he actually signed or is that still just a rumor? I have to look that one up, but you know the story, right? Is that uh Pasternak and Krechi were good friends and yep when they let Krechi go, Pasternak was not happy. So yep. in my opinion they're bringing Krechi back hoping to mend bridges with Pasternak cuz if they lose to him, they're in trouble. Yeah, and um, I don't think they've
0: they've done a very good job of managing the team as of as of late, but I mean, they're still winning uh, you know, I, but I don't think they're going to be that good this year. I don't think they're going to be a serious threat. They still might actually make the playoffs. I'm yeah, I'm not putting that past them. They're Boston. They you know, it's just a city they've done that a just good finds time. a way. They've done a yeah.
1: very good job there, Chris, of locker room mentality, right? And yes. players buying in, taking a little bit less you know they've had a few guys stray off but the one thing that killed me was why did you fire your coach yeah that made no sense like I'm trying to like that there's got to be something else behind that but that's and an obvious to me Chris that's an obvious uh upper management and coach did not jive on moving forward on a team right and cool. he's in Vegas now which <laughs> that's another one like oh my goodness. Talk about mismanaged assets. Uh, Max Pacioretty given up for nothing. Nothing. Future yeah. considerations. So, okay. Yeah. You know what? Uh, you know just wanted You out know my piece for they've former they've Pacioretty. Oh, go ahead, Chris. Sorry about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, yeah go ahead. Okay, so my beef with Patcheri, you know, formerly with the Canadians, right? He wouldn't go into the corners hard. He wanted to float and get, you know, the easier goals. Didn't want to have to work hard for him. Flipped that around in Vegas, which just made me so irritated with the guy. He can still play. Like he's had a few injury bugs, you know, um, like most players in the NHL since you play for so many seasons. But for him to be traded for nothing. Talk about mismanaging a team, and, and i still trying to wrap around my head around the fact that why did they take on Weber's contract? Like That's the one to me yeah. I went, okay, what? Like, why did you guys jump at that? Makes no sense. Because they don't need they, – they're already in salary cap trouble, so who are they selling off? Now, unless Leonard is really not going to return this season, right? Because he had sh- shoulder surgery, but you had that mismanagement. They had the management hating him too, right? So, yeah, that's like there's certain organizations, right? Like uh, what I'm happy with now as a Haps fan is we've got the patient, you know, dual, you know, GM and, you know, to be honest with you, uh, (laughs) the first guy they brought in was truly the GM, the mastermind behind the Boston Bruins and New York Rangers. But they're playing it smart. They're not jumping after big trades and mortgaging the future. They had their plan in place. And when they uh, pick Slavkovsky. Uh, I will admit I was a little shocked, like I really thought they were going to go for right, because you always go for centers, but I'm not kidding you, I was in a chat with a bunch of Habs fans going, there's a trade, they're making a trade for center, you know, five minutes later, there's the announcement that they got Kirby Dock, and I went, holy cow, smart move, right? Really smart move, get a guy that was a former number one, or taken in the first round, sorry, up pretty high, I think he was number 10 overall, if I'm not mistaken, but He's got a ton of potential and just wasn't getting it with the Blackhawks, but the Blackhawks were trending downwards, right? And Doc, unfortunately, I think it was not last year, but the year before at the World Juniors, took that slash and had the broken – I think it was the broken wrist or he went to the boards weird. So he's having. a – Didn't
0: he miss the most last season though?
1: He could have too like because it could yeah. have been because of, he's had wrist surgery, but I have to go back and look. But he's still young. And Habs, all that potential to them, right? Get them back in the gym, get them refocused. And the way Martin Sanély coaches now, it's pressure off, right? So I think that's really going to help. Like uh, My biggest criticism of the Habs' former coaches were a rookie would make a mistake and then they wouldn't get ice time. How do you want them to improve if they're not playing? They're going to make a mistake. Yeah. Caulfield will occasionally cough up a bad puck. It's going to happen. But put him back on the ice. He'll get one or two back for you. You know, Nick Suzuki's yeah. going to make a few mistakes, but his hockey IQ is up there. Which, by the way, to anybody thinking that uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois and Suzuki are going to be swapped. <laughs> keep drinking, Winnipeg fans. That's not happening. <laughs> he's going to be the captain of the Montreal Canadiens announced next season. I'm calling that one right now. I was thinking maybe Joel Edmondson. Uh, I, I think one of the true leaders is uh, Gallagher, but Gallagher gets into it with the refs a little too much. Yeah. So, so I think it's going to be the the level-headed young Nick Suzuki uh, with that C on his chest next season.
0: Hmm, interesting call right there. Very interesting call. Yeah, because there are several teams right now, seriously, still without captains, including my Buffalo Sabres.
1: Yeah. Um, who do you think uh, the sabres are gonna label as a C? I gotta go back and look at your roster because there's been a lot of turnover there. Dude, uh, I'm
0: excited for this. Is the ever since we traded off Jack Eichel, and <laughs> I'm sorry, we won that trade. <laughs> yes,
1: uh, you did. Ever
0: since we <laughs> traded off Jack Eichel, there's just been this positive buzz around the Sabres and the community. Um yep. honestly, I listen to a lot of Sabres podcasters too. And a lot of watch, you know, watch a bunch of those different like Sabres, YouTubers. Um, it, it's been pretty dark for the last couple seasons on just people like I don't know if I can stomach watching this team anymore. I just don't think I can do it. I don't think I can support buying the merchandise with the team that's doing what it's doing. And man, did they scream loud and clear this year for the first time in my adult life. Not even my adult life, my entire life. I saw the Sabres unable to fill the arena. I've never, ever in my entire life seen the Sabres fail to fill the arena, even in some of their crappy, crappy years. But after a decade of losing, the drama surrounding the team, and then really all the crap that happened with COVID, Sabres fans just were over it. it, it it's a team that was just surrounded in drama. You know they weren't going to win. They weren't fun to watch. It was like you're just watching Mean Girls
1: unfold on the ice. And they 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 looked yeah. like there was no passion at all. And there look what happened thing. to Skinner. Yeah. The Eichel thing gets removed, and the clouds just... Thompson and Skinner just went okay. off like Thompson. Acoposo. Acoposo. Yeah. Thompson. Had. Thompson, Arizona boy, right? Yep. Hundred percent. Last season, came into his own. Watching him out there, using that big frame, getting some nice goals. But that's all it took, right? Is yeah. they needed. So you after watching what happened with the Golden Knights, right, um, you know, and again to um, the Hab fan base that thought we were stupid for not going for Eichel. Shut up. Shut up. I would have laughed
0: <laughs> and loved it.
1: <laughs> no, yeah, no, I wouldn't have because right away I was screaming. No, he's not worth it. Don't go near it. Yeah, yeah. Right. And look what happened to Golden Knights with with Eichel there. They did yeah. not improve. And now they're cash strapped because of him. Yep. The Golden Knights just had that good core that was together, and they kept trying to force a cup, right? And look at the pieces we got for him. Alex
0: Tuck, a local boy. <laughs> <And> <laughs> I mean, he is just – he's lit up – waiting. I mean, dude, crap. He
1: should be your captain because he oh, was yeah. playing with such an edge to him yep. afterwards. He got healthy, and his was to the Golden Knights because he was there, right? Uh-uh. Yep. I'm going to make sure you regret losing me. Yep. Good power forward in that league. But that's what you needed. You got him. Somebody who will play for his team as opposed to Iko who's let's be honest, Eiko plays for himself. Like yes, just that does. shot he took at the uh at that uh, a few of the Sabers fans when he returned back to the building oh, just shows you who he is. Yeah, low class. That's, low class kid. Yeah, that's like, who he is. Like all
0: the amount of support that he got from that community for so long. And yes, there were definitely people that after all that time were upset. You're making $9 million a year. And yes, there was a situation that unfolded in Buffalo that, you know, was probably, in my opinion, uncalled for. But regardless, taking a shot at the Sabres fan base that supported you through all that years of crap was the lowest blow. And he will receive, dude, if he thought it was loud then... Wait till he returns next year if he's not injured again. I hope he's not because I want him to hear what it's really going to sound like every single time he steps into that arena because he deserves it. He's low class. I have no
1: respect for him at this point. Low class. Yeah. What's the thing is when you take a shot at, you know, your old team. Just let it go, right? Like, take a okay, shot at and, the
0: take a shot at the management. That's where it should have been directed to. Yeah, yeah. We all they,
1: understand Sabres
0: ownership and management is crap. We get yeah. it, but taking a shot at the
1: fan base, bro. How many Eichel jerseys were in that crowd? Yeah, and, and how were- many? Yeah, exactly. And how many people were coming to his defense about wanting that surgery? Right, yeah. a lot. And yeah, I agree with you 100 on that one. Like that's the one not to take a shot at. Um, so. I won't get into predictions. I want to do another podcast with you guys. I definitely want yeah. to find the time yeah. when you do your predictions for next season. Because this year is going to be a fun... It's still not done. You've got so many teams that are over the salary cap right now, right? I'm excited, dude. This isn't over.
0: This yeah, no, it's over. not.
1: There's still going to be dominoes falling and, and stuff happening. You know, Montreal apparently was pretty close. Um, Pierre-Luc Dubois but was not going to overpay. He just signed a one-year contract, right? That one's not done yet. And... I don't see any restrictions on it. So he may be traded to a contender, right? After vocalizing yeah. when he really wants to be with Montreal, but Montreal's not overpaying for him. So he may go to a contender. We may never see him, which I'm okay with. Um, but you're still got to see, like, I was looking at a lot of teams, like uh, who is it now that's the that Florida Panthers are three point three million dollars over the cap. They've gotta give somebody away because who's gonna do them any favors right now, right? Nobody. And, and so oh, to go back to that, though, Chris, too, that, that's why the lease I think, had problems getting the goalie, right? Is who wants to help you out? We know what your are missing pieces, right? Yeah. So but then again, that goes back to like, you've got to put a priority on that. Give up another piece because there were so many good guys available. You could have given up a good piece. You know, Who's the expendable get... piece in Toronto to you? Who's the expendable piece? I think almost anybody is except for Matthews. I think okay. And and I would say I wouldn't get rid of Marner cuz Marner and Matthews are a great tandem. Yeah. Against. I was going to say Marner and Matthews.
0: I I think right now the biggest sexiest piece on that roster is Nylander. Yeah. It's he would he would thrive on almost any team you put him on cuz he's so talented. He's not needed there in Toronto. I'm sorry. They've got Marner and uh Matthews. They don't they don't need they, when they started talking Kachuk, I'm like, your fan base is insane. Your fan base is but, insane. But their fan base, everybody's
1: name that comes up, they're like, you know, every time you read like a hockey writer's one coming out of a Toronto-based thing, every player they're going to get, right? And you just yep. go, oh, come on, like, okay, I get it. Sometimes you want to do the fantasy world, like if we have this player on our team, but be realistic. You- yeah, exactly. Right. You have no cap space. So I pointed out on one comment because the Leafs were t- – I forget who the hell they were talking about going at that point. I'm like, with what cap space and what are you going to use to get it? You have no picks. And I no. think it was – they were talking about doing like a uh, – oh, it was an offer sheet on uh, – what's the um, the goalie for the Dallas Stars that came into his own? Uh, oh, 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 oh. Starts with a note. Yeah. Uh, th- Ottinger. Ottinger, yeah. He was lights out, in my opinion, the Besides, oh besides, so you, know, be, you know, besides the Rangers goalie, he was the best goaltender in the playoffs last year. The, yeah, and
0: was He was
1: far. out of his mind zoned in. Now, if you're going to get him, you have to overpay. You have to pay more than what they're going to pay in Dallas. And part of that, too, yep. though, comes back to taxes. Right. Because why does Nick Paul sign in Tampa at three point five? Because that's five million in Canada. They can get away with that. Dallas is the same way. Uh, going back to this one, uh, thank you very much, Bergevin, for not signing the bum Radulov to that contract. Thank you, Dallas, for taking that problem off of our hands, because he did exactly what I knew he was going to do. Go there, have one good year, and then be Radulov and not work, and now he's back to Russia. But to the Leafs right now, if you had did that offer sheet and you had to give up three first round picks, where are you in four years? Yeah. You're aged out and then you're doing your rebuild. Once again, you're not going to get the value back, right? Nope. So that's the one I went like, with what? Like, how much of your future are you willing to mortgage at this point? Now you're seeing it. They don't have, you know, the pieces. Like, like, again, Nylander, everybody knows they're in trouble. They're not going to overpay for him. That's the problem. That move should probably have been made a couple of seasons ago. But, hey, they they are where they are. They've got enough, like – Chris, like if Samsonov comes in and really, you know, comes into his own, they have a chance, a shot to be a threat. My only question Mm -hmm. on them is once again, defense, because poor Muzzin, I think he's one hard hit away from retiring. And he's a big, big person on their books that nobody wants to scoop up. So I just think on and their problem is going to be defense again. You know, that's where they're going to be struggling come playoff time or even during a regular season. They're going to start targeting these star players of theirs um yeah. but you know no one's going to from- touch Tavares no one's going to touch Nylander not
0: well people will touch Nelander, but no one's going to touch Tavares for that contract they're stuck with them
1: mm-hmm. and it was a dumb contract to begin with and right Islanders case. fans are gloating about that one now right yep and they're a team last year that struggled right they yeah I was just stunned. they just couldn't like, but that's the amazing thing they had a really good team they just couldn't find it last year right um, so they may be a team that's coming that comes back with a little bit more mojo, right? Because Barzell just wasn't the same last year, and it happens, no. right? There were seasons where McKinnon didn't look quite as solid, right? And now <laughs> uh, Mac Mac right now is you know not quite there, but pretty darn close to being a Sidney Crosby, right? Yeah, um, you know that that again that team like Landeskog, like I can I get why Colorado Avalanche love their team, right? They've got a really good team. Landeskog is probably one of the toughest Swedish players to ever play in the league. Like, he is just nasty and mean. Uh, Like, very Forsberg-esque, right? It's kind of funny that they both ended up with two of the toughest Swedes to ever play, right? Uh, And that's not taken away from other Swedish players, right? It's just, Landeskog is mean. I love it. Um, But, yeah, this year I'm pretty excited about hockey overall because... There's still going to be more shuffling. I I didn't expect, like you guys were calling it, that that the Predators were going to make a push and be really good. I just didn't see it. And they were right there. They were there. They were competing. Yeah. Um, Incredible. Yeah. And the teams, I think my, uh, (laughs) when I did my picks this year, yeah, mine, mine fizzled out pretty quick. Like I didn't have as much confidence in the New York Rangers, you know, and that was my fault. Big, big, big mistake there um they're still going to be scary next year uh tell me yeah. the only i think one of the biggest regrets ever for the ottawa fan base will be Sabinajad. like that oh, was, uh,
0: well yeah i mean that that one that one hurts uh, sebastian a little and, and when we when we do next season's preview and we bring you on for that one uh um you should you should definitely bring that up
1: yeah well it, well there's stinging things for my my Habs throughout their entire career where we've had goalies like hasha come through our system <laughs> and we just let them go uh, that whole French Canadian last name, right? You could have Dominic Hashick, <laughs> as I have. Uh, yeah, would have been pretty well, good, I think. If I go back, Chris, I'll do this one time. I'm going to show you all the good NHL goalies that came through our organization that we just let go. <laughs> and it's pretty astonishing, you know, very astonishing. But um, that'll be a um, new podcast. That'll be a new yeah, podcast. Yeah. And then another podcast is going to be the train wreck right now, which is the Arizona Coyotes. In about three to four years, they're going to be a good team. Um, oh, good. I when understand. we
0: talk junior hockey, we'll bring in the Arizona Coyotes for that.
1: Yeah, perfect. So. And, you know, uh, just throwing this out there because we'll talk about this. I really do feel that Matthews is going to be the highest played NHL player for the Arizona Coyotes. I think that's coming.
0: Interesting. Yep. Very, very interesting. Well, that's definitely a future podcast, uh, but this is where we should wrap it up for your listeners. So we want to thank all of you listeners for tuning in. Be sure to follow us on Twitter, PHHOfficial, to let us know what you think. And also be sure to comment and share any upcoming games or hockey news we should cover in a future podcast. This is the Pigeon Hockey Podcast with Chris and Steve. Have a great one, hockey fans. And remember, listeners, always clear your crease.